everyone, Sarkar Marv here with another episode of the IT Business Podcast, presented by NetAlly. And ladies and gentlemen, I have a special show this evening. If you are listening by audio, you have caught the recorded version of the Wednesday live show. And if you are watching by video, thank you for joining us. Today is a very special Wednesday. We are two days away from Chicago. TechCon Unplugged, the MSP conference put on by our friends Rick and Paco over at MSP Unplugged, and I have been doing a series of little shows about some of the vendors that'll be there and doing presentations. Tonight, I am going to be joined by some of my tech friends that are going to be there as well, so we're going to bring them on, and we're going to hang out and chat, and we're going to have some adult beverages and other stuff. Um throughout the evening. So enjoy. Let me first bring up the darling of the channel, Lady Di, Diana Giles from Skyline IT Management. Giles, how are you? Great. How are you? I am good. Fantastic even. So are you ready? I am, or I will be. (laughs) You will be. Yeah, quite a bit of things to do tomorrow before I can uh, get on that plane on Friday, but uh, I'll have it done by then. It's going to be a rough, a rough day tomorrow. I know everybody's going to be trying to cram stuff in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I've had a lot of new things going on, so it's just been, it's just been kind of a whirlwind week. But uh, all good. Just a lot to do. All right. Well, let's now also bring in another great friend. He was on the show just a few weeks ago. He had taken. Um, I don't even. I don't know if you want to. Obviously, it wasn't a respite. Um, it was. <laughs> Not even a hiatus. I uh, forget the exact name of it, but it was basically called the El Camino. Tom Bull from Two River Computers. Tom, how are you? Oh, hey. Hey, what's going on? <laughs> oh, my goodness. How long did you practice that? I don't know. I was doing it for like five minutes. I was waiting for you to cut me in and I was going to try and make it. It's what happens like when you're in the green room, man. You got to be ready at any time. So The Tom- people who are listening didn't get that sight gag. Um <laughs> But yeah, so Camino de Santiago, Marvin. That's the official. Okay. Sabbatical. 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 Okay. That sounds like a terrible word, but it was really awesome. Actually, sabbaticals are supposed to be good. We just don't take them anymore. It just, it sounds negative to me because I've always associated it with the clergy, like a, a priest or a nun or somebody that needs to take a break for a while because the cloth is a, is a heavy cross to bear, so to speak. <laughs> I was going to say the cloth is heavy. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, speaking of heavy, I've got another group in the green room here and their bags are usually heavy from all the winnings that they do. And I have it on good authority that uh, we are going to have some rigged stuff. So they will not be able to win. I am talking about the Millers <laughs> from Unbound Whoa! Digital. Jason and Rachel, how are you guys? Uh, They're uh, muted. Did you? Good, good. How did, about you? Were you upset that I said that? <laughs> no, I don't know. <laughs> it's all good. I mean, you know, truth hurts sometimes. I mean, it's cool. So. <laughs> uh, uh, everybody, but hey, we, we, we don't win everything. You know, I won a, you win a lot. Last year. You win a lot. You win more. <laughs> You're winners. More than you your win. share. Let's say your that. Your kids win. Your parents win. Everybody wins. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, our kids are taking after us too, right? So. 
Yeah. So, uh, Millers, how are you guys doing? Are you ready for the, the trek? Still packing. So we're getting there. So uh, we come home, wash clothes, get our kids packed up. You know, it's like you have to do that whole thing to get them over to Mamaw's house to spend the night for a few nights. So you have to pack four people, not two. So it's one of those things, you know. So oh, like Rachel does most of them. All right. And two dogs. And two dogs, yeah. So. Got to pack the yeah, dogs, too. Yeah, my dog too. doesn't know yet. <laughs> <laughs> you haven't broken it to the dog yet? No, she'll see when I get the suitcase out, and she'll start moping around. That's when, right. That's when they know. Mm-hmm. All right. So all of you are going to be doing some sort of presentation or panel, and I will be the host and emceeing the event, which really means nothing except for I'm the guy that tells everybody to let's move. We have the next session ready to go. Uh, but are you guys ready for all your sessions? I think, uh, Tom, you're doing a, a solo thing, right? I'm doing a presentation about uh, when it's appropriate to hire someone and how and how you justify it, how you figure it out. When do you know? Um, sometimes it's a gut thing. Sometimes it's a scientific thing. Often it's a blending of the two things, right. but yeah. So I'll be doing that on, I thought I was doing it. It seemed to change a couple times. Uh, <laughs> I thought I was doing it Saturday and Sunday. Now it looks like I might only be doing it on Sunday by the latest agenda. Not entirely sure, but I'm ready for anything, man. All right. Are you bringing your, uh, your staff? I know I asked you earlier and I forgot already. Are you bringing? Uh, yeah, no, I'm bringing Fernando. Fernando he's, our, okay. he's our newest, uh, he's our network engineer. Fabulous, fabulous addition to the team. Has uh, been with us since November. Diana's worked with him on some Office 365 deployments, and um, we he just did a uh, very large Ubiquity install yesterday. Um, Seventeen access points, and I think six switches and a firewall in a house. Okay, I'm glad you said that because I was going to say really the, mil- big house. the Millers are thinking 17. That's kind of small. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nah, nah, not really. For a house. Yeah, that's, For a house. A house. That's, that's, that's huge. A big, a big house. ass house. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. What's I'm assuming. I'm, I'm assuming multiple floors and. Uh, He's an attorney. He's an attorney from Pittsburgh. I, I don't know. Like all, and it's coincidentally, I'm reading or listening to the book, The Firm. So I feel like there's some <laughs> kind of like weird. <laughs> lawyery thing going on all right and diva you're doing a presentation this year (laughs) all right what are you what are you doing rachel who's the diva which which one's the diva the diva knows which one she is you're the darling i'm the diva okay okay i'm doing it on accounting best practices all right you're gonna teach us how to uh reprimand customers when they don't pay on time you're done. Go away. <laughs> she, she gives no slack. She comes in there, hands me all the past due invoices and says, call them. So. <laughs> uh, Love it. All right. I'm going to acknowledge a couple of people in the chat here. Uh, Cristobal Rivera. You guys remember him from South yeah, Florida yeah. saying hello. To the conference. Uh, I don't think Cristobal is making it this year. And of course, um, our good friends, the Rosas are saying that they are missing this year. So that is, oh, yeah, they're in New is, England. They're farting around. I've seen her pictures. Oh, come yeah. on, Terry. And uh, Mr. Scott will be making the trip this year. Um, I think he's on a panel too, right? Yes. Okay. So it looks like we got all things happening here. The Rosas, you said they're in the New, New England area? 
Yeah, they're up in, I don't know if it's, uh, they're in, well, I think Keith is from Boston or the Boston area. So they're visiting family, I think, but she's posting all these pictures of really good, fun things. And she's being very Zen about it, uh-huh. like sunsets and flowers and rock formations and stuff. It's pretty cool. Okay. So I just had a uh, interview earlier today with somebody in Boston. Uh, that episode won't be released until next week. Uh, the CEO of Synchro. Oh, wow. Emily, Emily Glass. Yep. I had an audio interview with her today. Uh, she's oh, in, cool. she's in Boston and, uh, not that that really matters, but I like how things intertwine from time to time. Mm-hmm. And Giles, what are you doing this year at the conference? All I know is, uh, it's a panel oh. and it involves yeah. Microsoft 365. Other than that, yeah, I don't know too much. Because you are the 365 expert now. <laughs> well, that I, I do have that certification. <laughs> she posted that. She posted that. Like, look at me. I have this cool little shield from Microsoft. That's and I'm right. like, that's it. I'm hiring you because you're the expert. <laughs> and, and sometimes you feel like an expert and sometimes <laughs> you're like, it's no. Microsoft. So. <laughs> Agreed. Oh, man. Right? All right. So anybody have any good uh, work stories recently? I've got a customer that uh, their small business server 2008 died yesterday. Oh, I'm sure you've been warning them. <laughs> yes, yeah. sure. Yep. And uh, of course they have a custom database that they have to have up and running, but I'm like, well, do we even know if we can put it on a new server? And they've been trying to contact their vendor who has not responded to them. You need to contact Solutions. Yeah, but this is, uh, well, I, I can, but this is a custom database written by a company that does visual. And this is their database for this industry. And we need to, and, and here's, the, here's the thing. This company has been telling my client, and let me, let me step back. They're not really my client. They are somebody who I helped years ago. And basically since 2017, I've said, you need to replace this server. You need to get off Windows 7. You need to, and they're like, okay, we'll get to it. We'll get to it. Um, I don't manage them. They call me basically once every couple of years, and it's usually a crisis. And I tell them, I said, look, this is not supported. And if it breaks, I'm not even going to attempt to fix it. And they're still calling saying, please, can you help us? And so I went, I looked at it, turned it on. Found a corrupt file. Said can't help you. <laughs> are they? Uh, are they a law firm? No, no. They are. They are. So they're not a store, but they do online and I'm trying to figure it out the best way to describe it without being crude. So, <laughs> so are they, they sell. <laughs> well, they they're sell. Right there. Did you see that? Okay, sorry. They sell female products for women that have undergone mastectomies oh. and fillers and bras and all that stuff. And then they also sell to another part of the world that likes to indulge in fetishes. Oh, sweet. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Sure. <laughs> we need to unpack that a little. I think I, I think cocktails in Chicago. We we need to hear more. Okay. Yeah, yeah really. exactly. exactly. So yeah. 
but they do. I mean, but they do. They they do all their sales through this program. They also, oh, they also had their mail server on there because they were running the old Exchange two thousand seven. And so they're like, "Can we get our mail?" I said, "No." No mail for you. No mail for you. So that's that's what I'm dealing with right now. What do what do you guys got going on? One of the things, similar story, but ours happened about a month ago. Had a customer that got surged, fried a few computers, fried a you know old computer that runs XP machine that runs a big saw for cutting up granite. Um, big operation makes cabinets and custom stuff, and very very large operation. They do all the majority of the home builders around here use this customer or, or customer of ours use them to build cabinets and do the countertops and all that, but. Uh, so they do a lot of new construction countertops and cabinets. Anyways, hit a big surge. They had a server we've told them they need to replace for a long time. <clears throat> they had a 2003 server on there oh. in one VM. They had a 2008 server and a 2016 server on there. Um, but it's one one physical server, but you know VMs. And um, the uh, of course it blew up, and we you know keep, of course keep spare servers at our office. You know that we pull out of other customers and. You know, rushed in, saved the day. They had two hard drives fail in the RAID array. And luckily, it was a RAID 6. And it was, oh, uh, wow. uh, we were able to, you know, mess with it, get it back up and running enough to pull the data because they had no backups either, none whatsoever. Uh, we don't manage this client. They just call us on a break fix basis. So, you know, I've talked to them about backups before. You know, it's too expensive. You know, who cares about my business data? But uh, either way, long story short, we uh, put that server in probably, I don't know, has it been a month, month and a half ago? My time flies. Two to three months ago, apparently. So uh, we put that in, and uh, they're borrowing our server, our spare server. They haven't haven't paid you yet? uh, I mean, they paid us the labor um, to come save the day. You know, it was like three or four grand or something like that to come save the day and get them back up and running. But on our spare server, our spare switches, our spare sonic wall, our spare everything, and uh, you know our equipment. And then so I put all this stuff in, and our you know server guy pulled his wizardry and made it work, and got them all back up and going. We went back a few times, you know, for minor issues here and there, getting their saws connected, getting you know a bunch of other workstations connected. And uh, of course, I've been beating this guy up. So give him an estimate, turns into insurance. He gets you know you know multi tens of thousands of dollars check, and it's like. Met with him, I don't know, a couple of weeks ago. And it's like, hey, yeah, let's move forward on this. Okay, I got the insurance check. Still crickets. So I had to send him an email. Was it last night? I sent emails like, hey, you still got our equipment. We're going to need that back soon. Mm-hmm. I've already had one other customer that we had to cobble something together because they had an issue, um, you know, because that was our spare server. So, I mean, we have others. But I was trying to make it sound a little rougher than it really is. So um, I said, we'll have to get our equipment back soon, you know. And uh I mean, everything, he has a small business server and a couple of workstations that we quoted him and it was like 25, 27 grand. And it's like, you still got my equipment. I need a check before I can order this equipment, new equipment, because we take a hundred percent of, you know, parts up front. We're not doing anything until I get a check, especially from these people. But uh, yeah, because so- what he failed to mention was all the labor we build them for to get everything back up and going while we were dealing with insurance. We, they paid via ACH and it bounced. Oh. Oh. Yeah. So then I sent it through again and it went through, but we've had problems with them in the past with paying anyway. You guys yeah. should have uh, been charging them a rental or lease fee. And if they want to submit that to insurance, that's fine. But, you know, it should have been something like day 30, 
you're starting to pay on uh, the equipment. Uh, well, we discussed that last night, yeah. actually. Usually it's not a problem, though. I mean, we've done this multiple times, you know, somebody's had an issue. Usually they're usually when they're having this type of issue, they're not our customer. And we're saving the day for some new customer of ours because they need somebody to save the day. And we're slapping in a server. And, of course, he's a break fix. You know, we have plans in place to avoid this with managed clients and to have a quick restore and stuff like that. Right. But, you know, to borrow our equipment like that, you know, it's like, oh, my gosh. And it's like. What do you do now? He's got our, my got my server and my switches and routers and sonic walls and you just go, hey, I'm coming to get it and pull it out. <laughs> See that's ya. What, yeah, that's what happens down here. That's what happens down here. Yeah, give him some notice. But show up with the sheriff at the door. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, you know, the- I've gotten to the point where um, if somebody doesn't want to be a managed client, we they call up and you know the new customer, they call up and they need help. So I I say to them, you're calling, you're asking for help. I'm going to help you. So I'm going to get you out of whatever predicament you're in. I'm going to help you. But then after that, I'm not coming back unless you're under contract. And I want to mean that. I really want to mean that. But (laughs) six months later, when they call and they have something and we still go because, you know, we really shouldn't. I mean, it'd be really great if we could be that disciplined Mm-hmm. To be able to cut those people off and train them on what the right way to do stuff is, but you can't always convince people of of what the right thing is. It's terrible. Yeah, and well, like this guy, you know, he had Windows backup running to two USB drives, and of course, both of the USB drives are dead. You know, it's like yeah. no one's checking the backups. I mean, yeah. it's like a complete disaster. And it's like, at what yeah. point? And you know, I was thinking liability standpoint. It's like, yeah, hey, we stepped in, saved the day. This is and a then disaster. Now running on our running on our server. Uh, and you know, and it's like he doesn't have anything in place for backups, even on our borrowed server. So it kind of makes me weary. You know, it's like I talked to him about putting backups in place, but backups cost money, and he hasn't want to spend money yet. So you know, it's not that I don't want to have a backup there, but it's at some point I'm not pulling brand new eight terabyte drives off the shelf and plugging them in and backing up just because you haven't paid me yet. You know, so. I don't think I don't think it's unreasonable for you to put a you know say, hey, listen, October first, I'm coming to get the stuff, yeah, or something. You know, I don't think there's anything wrong with you saying that. Yeah, yeah I, think- I may have to pull that notice because I emailed him last night. And of course, I got crickets today. I called him the day before that and left a voicemail and haven't got a call back. But I mean, you got paid from the insurance company. You know, your company needs this stuff. Like, I don't know if they're in that bad of financial shape that they spend all the insurance money on staying alive, payroll, <laughs> payroll something, mm-hmm. uh, and not because I, I mean, it was a bigger deal for me to get an estimate to turn into insurance, you know. So. It's bizarre to me, the people, the the industries that really need the computer more than others, right? Like, like lawyers and, um, you know, other, other industries where that without a computer, they've got no work product. You know, it's not like they're electricians and, you know, they don't, they don't use a lot of parts and and yet they, they cheap out on, you know, I think if they were electricians and installing stuff, they'd buy the right tools maybe, and they'd get their employees, good vehicles and all that other stuff. But when it comes down to the tool of the trade for them, if it's a computer that they, you know, they're, they're using these eight, nine, 10 year old things. It's just crazy to me. Yeah. But attorneys do that too. They will just, you know, they don't see it as a critical expense until it's broke. And then it's, you know, you got to help us out and, We've got to change that mentality in our industry that mm-hmm. you can't treat your computer as if it's, you know, the last 
in the line of expenses. Um, it well, needs to be. All comes out of their profit sharing at the end. Of so the does everything that's else. All. Yeah, I know. And that's, that's, what that's what they look at. Like, well, this is an expense I can put off, so I get a bigger profit share. And I tell them, well, that ten thousand dollar dinner you spent on your, yeah. you know, clients or whatever last month, that should be something you. So it's it's a tough deal. I'm I'm often heard saying payroll, rent, computer guy. Yeah, payroll, rent, computer guy. <laughs> 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 that's that's how it goes. Yeah. Don't change the stigma. Yeah, don't change the whole industry. Everybody's going to be a computer guy third. Yeah. So. Well, it's funny. I just, I mean, I'm going to throw my wife under the bus because this is the Uh-oh. conversation we had, you know, when I brought their server back uh, yesterday and her concern was, well, what are they going to do? And I'm like, I don't know. Well, do you, th-? I'm like, I don't know. And she was concerned about how they were going to function in their business. And my reaction is that's not my responsibility. Not my monkey. I mean, I told them what they needed to do and this is the consequence of their inaction. And now I have to wait to find out because I don't know what server to put in because I don't know if their, their database program will run on a 2022 server I can't just get new drives and, you know, I can't put 2022 on their hardware that's, you know, 13 years old. So it's one of those things where they're like, well, how long do we have to wait? I said, I mean, I can get you new stuff, but that doesn't mean you'll be up and running because I don't know if your software will run on it. So that's why I'm like, you got to call the vendor first, have them tell me what to do and then I'll do it. But, you know, and, you know, they keep pressing me. Well, how quickly I'm like, guys, you don't understand. I'm not the first person in line in this uh, repair job. (laughs) And uh, I I mean, we are taught to feel bad. Like we've got to find a way to fix it. And I'm like, I can't, this is not my responsibility. No, it would be my responsibility if we were under contract. (laughs) Yeah. Then it'd be a whole exactly. different if they thing. If they were under contract, they wouldn't have been in the predicament they're in. Exactly. If they were under contract, you would insist that they, you know, do an upgrade. I'm I'm firing a client next week because we renewed or we're going through new contract stuff and they're dragging their feet. They're not signing the contract. It's been five months. So for five months, he's been spending less money. And I've I've had it. I've, you know, uh and there's times when I think you have to just be like done, but you know, you, you tell them they need to do this, they need to do this and they won't do it. So I'm like yanking the contract because they're, they're not listening. So, yeah. cause I don't want to be exposed. It's not worth the $400 a month to me. It's not. Well, we have a client right now that's uh, managed that uh, I feel like I can't get to spend a dollar, you know? So even sometimes when they are managed, uh, I have this dental client, they have two locations, probably how many years they have. Yeah, thirty some computers. They have have four servers because they have two at each location. Well, they had one the other day that are um, we, we've quoted them hard. Like hard drive went bad, put a new one in. Told them there's going to be more drives go bad. Here's a server quote. Of course, crickets. Call them, follow up, emails, emails. Call them, follow up, nothing. Of course, another drive goes bad. We quote them a drive. You have to replace this drive. Well, I don't need that drive. There's plenty of them in the server. <laughs> No, that's not how this works. I mean, and I had to call and explain and have this conversation. It's like, no, one more goes bad. You're down, 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 down. Well, they never would approve it. And I'm sitting there thinking, how do I make this right when they're a managed client? And I can't, 
I can't hold their hand and say, write the check, you know? Mm -hmm. Uh, So it's, it's like one of those battle things, but so what happens? Their whole raid array dies because another drive fell. So what do we do? We rush in, save the day. Uh, Our network guy, server guy goes in. He's like, we don't have drives to fit this server. What are we going to do? Oh, USB 3.0 drive in the back. So we restored the data to the USB 3.0 drive in the back. Runs great. They're not having any problems. So now the problem is they don't have a problem. So now you're pushing the envelope. And I've I've sent her two more server quotes since then. It's like, you have to do this. Well, we got another server, and, and this one, this can't we just put new drives in this one? It's a 2012 server. It you know 2012 is out of date next month. So yeah. no, it really needs yeah. to be replaced. Well, you know, like you know, 15 grand is a lot for a server. No, it's not. <laughs> so let's <laughs> no. put a server in, and then, then then now she's like, of course they have a bunch of Windows Seven machines too that oh, I've been God. pushing since the beginning to get them to replace, and mm. we've replaced a few, but I would say they probably have 20 plus Windows Seven machines. And this isn't us not trying. I'll put that out there right now. It is like beating them up. So, and, and I think the problem isn't the doctor that owns the place, the dentist that owns the place. I think it's the office manager. I don't know if she gets a bonus or something, but she has oh. always been super tight with money. And it's like, you have to over explain yourself to spend a dollar. And it's like, so I told her, I was like, well, here's what we're going to do. You're still running off USB drive. We've got to fix this if you want us to keep helping you. So I'm going to quote you all the machines, all the Windows 7 machines going to 10. They have to. You're, you're violating HIPAA. They come in, you're, you're done. And, and you explain all this stuff. And, you know, I'm afraid of the liability to come back on me on some of this stuff. And yeah, you should. Conversations and all this stuff. Um, we pushed, you know, um, the servers. They, they really need two new servers, one in each location. So they need new network. I mean, they're in bad shape. We took them over for another IT company about a year and a half ago. And it's been an uphill battle the whole time. And uh, they're okay with us helping them on a monthly basis, but they don't want to replace nothing. So if you have any ideas about how to force somebody to write a check to replace something. Cancel the contract. Report them to to HIPAA. (laughs) There you go. Call the HIPAA police. Yep. So Giles, um, I know that you're, you know, been a little quiet here. You're known as the SAS lady, but you just recently took on a client. Have you started with them yet? Oh, actually, yeah, I've taken on a couple just in the last couple of weeks. All right, so and it's been, it's been kind of kind of busy. And how are you handling now doing you know this you know hardware related stuff? And uh, are you ready for these types of problems? Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, um, <laughs> it's it is hard. There's hardware and software just because it's SaaS, you know. Um, but the thing is that don't have in either of these oh, cases man. is an on-premises server, so. Uh, know everything's handled through Azure AD and all that but uh there I mean I was just sitting there listening to you and I was thinking boy I'm really thankful for my new clients because they are you know both of them are we want to be in the cloud you know um now we need to pay you for your time just while I'm you know in just working with them to kind of go through everything before they've even decided to do business but you know I mean they're they're like dream clients both of them so yeah um, and they're very good to work with. And so I'm, I'm feeling really fortunate right now. Yeah. Well, I, you know, all that stuff said, that's like two of our mini clients. So don't, don't take that as like everybody's that way. <laughs> it's the one, it's the few. That all really clients suck. Yeah, it's, it's the few that annoy you that really get to, you, you know, drive you crazy. Right. The rest well, of I, have, I have a nonprofit that I just keep going after them to change out their workstations and I just get crickets back. So oh, nonprofits are bad too. 
Yeah, I've got one that they have a $25,000 check to replace a server and six workstations, and I can't seem to get them on the phone to uh, respond to my quote, which is only 17000 So um, you have the money. Why not uh, approve the project? Let's get going. Do you all help out not-for-profits? Like a lot of times we'll um, – no. like recently we have a Girls Inc. here that we um, have some – do their IT, and they pay us for IT – you know, and all that good stuff, but, uh, you know, they never have a budget. So, you know, we took some six gen, you know, nice laptops and just swapped out their computers the other day. And we donated six great, you know, PS six gens for their labs, for their you know, girls or whatever to use. Cause they don't have no money, but now not for profit doesn't necessarily mean they don't have money. I mean, they, right. they don't have money. Yeah. But, I mean, other not for profits do have money. So well, I was going to say, you probably need to qualify because some not for profits truly yeah. need the help. Others don't. So yeah, the yeah. not for profits that I've worked with that are more corporate based, like Junior Achievement, mm-hmm. I mean they have money, <laughs> they have deep pockets. Um, but some of the others, you know, I will. Um, the only thing I would say is to make sure when you invoice them, you invoice them at the full rate. Yep. And then show the discount. Yep. That's the in kind donation. But don't let them start saying, oh, this person will help you out and they're really cheap. No, we're not. Yeah, here's here's a trick that I've used before where um, I will invoice the nonprofit for $500. But then and they send me a check for $500 and then I give them a $500 donation. So it ends up being a wash. They get the expense of the $500 and I get the write off for the $500 donation. But it's a wash. Hmm. So it ends up, you know, it's kind of a way to do that, <laughs> kind of. I heard somebody say one time, as profit, they billed them at the full rate, but at the end of the year, they would give them, you know, 10%, yep. 20% donation back as their discount. But no, that's nice. Yeah. That's nice. We do for the churches that are in and around me, we give them the managed antivirus and the web filter for free. Oh, really? Um, yeah. We just throw that part in and then, uh, but we charge them every time we do anything. So, but we just give them that stuff for free. It makes me sleep good at night. (laughs) Well, and if they have like 10 users or less, you can get a Microsoft 365 business premium. I know. Yes. I I mean, and that's huge for, you know, that that really is a great thing that Microsoft does for nonprofits. Well, you know, there's, they're a little late to the game because Google was doing it for, you know, I mean, you could have a thousand users and it was free. So. That, you know, it's hard to convert. Are you using TechSoup for that 10 users or what are you using for that, Diane? No, no. It, if they qualify for, you know, as a nonprofit. Now, if they have already automatically qualified with TechSoup, then it's really quick and easy. But it doesn't take long to qualify direct to Microsoft. Oh, yeah, we, yeah, we do TechSoup a lot, but typically it's not free. It's like $4.50 instead of 26 or whatever. It is. Yeah, TechSoup has done that now. Uh, App River um, just finally got not-for-profit pricing, pricing as well. So mm. you can actually resell through App River and still support them. Hmm. Pretty cool. Yeah, and then even if they go above 10, I mean, it's like $5 per user per month. So compared to 22. Yeah. yeah, for the E3 license or whatever, right? Isn't that what it's called? Well, business premium, which is very close to an E3. I mean, there's some differences, but. So do you all buy your licenses through a distributor like Pax 8 or do you? Yeah, I'm Pax 8. 
I'm Backstreet too. I'm App River. I'm nobody. You're nobody. <laughs> well, Tom's clients buy their own licenses, right? I I make them go direct. I I don't do it the same way as everybody else. That's why that's why I still drive a Ford and not a Jaguar. Um, yeah, I just have. Doesn't I, Ford I, make Jaguar? Oh, all right. So I drive a Ford, <laughs> not a Mercedes. <laughs> Your Lambo, man. Your Lambo. Let's go. Forward. I know, right? No, I, they, I, I have no interest in in uh, the bookkeeping efforts required and staying on top of it, um, getting billed and then rebilling. And, and now that they changed to the annual thing, and I'm kind of glad that I wasn't part of that. I just don't have enough of them. If I had more, you know, I have too many small clients uh, for it to make sense for me. Well, if you build as a reseller, then you still would not have to worry about it. And you could get your, you know, percentage uh, for that. That's most. If I get a kickback, that's a different story. But if I have to, if I have to pay for it and then bill them for it, I don't, I don't really want to do Well, that's why if. does it both ways, Yeah, You can can choose. Who does it both ways? Pax eight and no, Pax eight is you, you no Pax eight. You're, you're the seller. Uh, yeah, but there is somebody that does it. App River does it. App River, okay. I've got both reseller accounts and referral accounts. And oh, I like that. there's some uh, I mean, some other stuff. I don't mind doing that. I mean, there's a, <clears throat> I get I get like six referral checks every month from different things from Carbonite, from uh, Gilware, from you know, there's a bunch of them that I get. I drive, I get a bunch of checks so and I don't do anything. Let so me hook you up it. with App River, you'll get another referral check. I like it. Yeah. I like it. And if it's not yeah, App we, River, there are others. I mean, you, you know, pick the one you like, but there's others out there that you could, you know, you just refer them. They still. How about Intermedia? Intermedia, same way. I mean, I'm sure Jason's getting like a, I don't know, $10,000 check each month or something. Well, <laughs> well, we get checks from our clients since we want labels. So we, we get billed for all their phone service and we bill it out and that's all Rachel. Yeah. So, okay. Tom doesn't want that. So that's I have. Easy. My probably say it's a headache, I'm sure. Yeah. Like a I would bet at the end, I mean, I, my suspicion is that if I had to pay somebody to manage all that, that it would eat up any difference between the way I'm doing it now and, you know, the way that I could be doing it on white label. We'll talk, Tom. Just do everything as a referral. And then I like it. you just yeah. sell it and then you don't have to do the work, but you get yeah. the money. Uh, actually, I just... Money for nothing and chicks for free. That's me. <laughs> <laughs> right. Sorry, honey. <laughs> How does that work in the admin portal? So it's, is it better than if they're on a credit card? Cause that's what I run in. I think that's a hassle. For which they are paying with the credit card. For if which they referral. referral doesn't matter. Yeah. If, so if you sign up with app river as my referral app river bills you and however you set it up to be paid, you know, to pay your bill by credit card or check or whatever, I don't have to worry about it. App river does. But what about getting the into the IP. admin? Oh, I can oh, yeah. still manage. Yeah, I'm still set up as an admin and I can go in and, you know, if I want to bill them as part of my service agreement, which I do. So I, you know, they call me for ads and moves and changes and, and all the management. Now, if there's a major issue where they're having trouble with, say, emails not working one day, I may say, mm, why don't you call that river? They can so it's my choice as to whether I, I, you know, how much I do for them or not. But as far as maneuvering the licenses around, like you can go in. And yep, add. we go. Yep, we go in and do that ourselves. Yep. Okay. And the good thing is, in, in the App River, you can do all that from the App River side, hmm. and then it automatically syncs up with their admin portal. 
And the only thing you need to do is if you're going to do things like shared mailboxes or certain types of permissions, then you still go into the 365 portal to do it, which I think now with a lot of the Azure stuff, most more of that's going to be done in the in the in the 365 portal app river i think they're trying to come up with a different portal to do a lot of that on their end but they're usually the provisioning side and then you take care of everything in the portal okay well it works pretty good with me i i mean i like paxade and and i've been having my clients just pay up front for an annual you know ever since the nce uh, change in march and so so far, everybody's, I mean, they're happy to save. I just, you know, let them know, like, you're going to save 20% if you pay for it annually. So, and so far, everybody's been good with that. So take a 10, do me a favor, give me some numbers. Take 10 users. And what do you make off that annually? From which perspective? Do I'm we? asking Diana, sorry. Okay. Uh, on Pax 8, 10 users, where mm-hmm. they pay for a year in advance, what does Diana put in her pocket? For those 10 users for I believe a it's a difference of if you're talking about like business premium it'd be um 264 and then I might take 225 I mean or the difference between 225 and 264 does that sound right Jason okay so that's 40 cents no that doesn't sound right no, at no, all no like or which 40 dollars, dollars. Or, it's it's like 25 to 40 somewhere dollars it's supposed yeah. to be 15, 15 to 16% is your yeah. average, is your average. Uh, like, okay. For example, cause I, cause I, ever since the change, I know it used to be $20 for a business premium license cost me 1750. Yeah. I'm looking it up right okay. now. Um, and you make a few dollars per, per so make it $25 a month on that client. Well, that's a user, but I mean, yeah, no, yeah. A, okay. $2. I fifty cents. My, right. my mythical user. Yeah. It's a 10 user person. Yeah. Right. Yeah, and with App River, if you refer, it's just fifteen percent, regardless of the product. You get fifteen percent of whatever their bill is. Now, if you resell, you can charge whatever you want. Sure. So. Right. I saw a Facebook post not too long ago where people were talking about you know how much more they were selling, and I was like, I just do MSRP. <laughs> I just yeah. do the retail yeah. price, you know. But right. I mean, now I might I might charge a management fee for their tenant and that kind of thing. But as far as the licensing, I just charge them you know whatever they would pay if they bought from Microsoft Direct. It looks like a business premium logged in the fact sheet. This is a monthly client, so month month to month new commerce experience. Uh, for a business premium partner cost versus retail price, we make three dollars and seventy cents per user per and month. This, and what is that a percentage, Jason? <laughs> You're asking us to do math. Rachel, on and it's Rachel, Rachel, what's, what's, the, what's the GP on that? Rachel? Markup versus margin, too. Come on now. <laughs> like it's right at sixteen percent. Yeah. See, I, I I won't I won't touch anything unless it's thirty. That's and, and that's well, me, my snobbery. And I won't do it. So if I can't make it. 30 points on it, go direct. I'm not interested. Yeah, you'd have to sell it, um, you know, a, you could sell it for whatever you want. I mean, that's just retail sure. price. MSRP. But no one would pay for it. Well, some would. Yeah, some would. I guess if you, you bundled do? it as part of a bigger thing, then it would make sense. But, you know, your operating expenses are greater than 15%. So every to me, you know, thank God you've got other things to blend to make it greater than 15% overall, but, um, which is why if you, if you do it as a referral to get that 15%, you're not doing the work. Right. Well, and part of it is too, we use auto task and PAX eight syncs the licenses all to 
the building. So if it changes up and down, like our technicians are adding or subtracting and all that stuff, it thinks it does a pretty good job. I mean, it, there's a hiccup here or there every once in a while, but yeah, um, but that costs money too. What's Plus that? you've got PAX 8. If you do have some sort of weird Microsoft issue, I'm not, I'm not talking about really a, a support issue for one of the apps. I'm talking about like something with the tenant licensing, that kind of thing. With PAX 8, you've got people who can yeah. pick up the phone and get a Microsoft the Microsoft person on the phone. And plus, you know, we've run into these issues um, where when they've paid with a credit card, that person has to be, the person at their business has to be an admin. And they're going to, usually you'll find they've done that with a user account, which is a terribly dangerous thing to do. And so Mm. it's just, it's hard to manage the licensing that way. So to me, it's just, it's not even about the money. It's just about the ease of management of the licenses and the tenant. You also, do you set the CSP too? Do what now? You have the Microsoft partner portal where you have the CSP where you can. I do. Switch between all the tenants. So I can yes. have all of our customers. And you should yes. But I find myself just going direct a lot. Oh yeah. I haven't. Our, our, our techs I, seem to love just bouncing between them because you know, they're at least our help desk. <laughs> yeah. I need to, I need to do that more than I do. I just, I got in a habit. And it's hard to break. <laughs> and the only thing you can't do is two two factor. So if you have to two factor, you have to log in, or, or like change someone's two factor or reset it or something like that. You have to log in direct. You can't do that from the CSP, or at least I haven't found a way to do it. It doesn't show up the menu options. So there's a couple of things that's kind of missing. Um, doing it, logging in from CSP versus that because that's one of the big deals we found out real quick when <laughs> we started doing all that. So yeah, anybody having fun with the? Uh- Modern authentication changes. You mean with Microsoft? Yeah, like that any, really any, that any fax really. machines, any copiers that can't send by email. Oh, we got tired mm. of this stuff a long time ago. So that's what <laughs> we do is we have a a, a pop email account. Um, we actually have a web hosting that has um, print.net, like for printers. So we actually go into the C panel. It's unlimited email accounts. So we create an email account for the customer. That's their name at our domain.net. And that's only used for sending emails out of copiers. And because we had too many times, it was breaking with a thin uh, connector and they change things and it yep. breaks and then you can't forward email and you have to go change that. I mean, it's just, it's, oh, that's it's, a good idea. And, and it's okay to change one customer when you have yeah. hundreds and then make some yeah. stupid change like that. And you got to yeah. change hundreds of customers, copiers and multiple copiers. And yeah. I, I give up on it. I was like, I'm done. A lot of that's people use SMTP to go. I've seen people do that. We tried that mm. for a bit, but so much easier with the, Diana hates this, but we, we have one of our accounts is we have no 2FA on it. And we use that one to, on all our Synology NASs to communicate to us. So I'm sure there's a multitude of sins. Um, and why does, and why does uh, Lady Di hate that? Because it's, there's 2FAs off. Oh. <laughs> you can turn 2FA off. It's not best practice. Right. right. I just have like a password that's this, this long. Yeah. Um, and then we use it to feed the, the notifications to our ticketing system. Um, yeah, maybe it's dangerous. You still use Danger. it for your shopper, Tom? Yeah. So we just we have a, a help at email address that feeds the leads for us. And that's just personality stuff? Uh, we do it for all the things, but we, we use that email address, notifications at tworevercomputer.com, to, to, to hit our um, RMM from the Synology devices because we tried using SMS and we tried using push and, uh, but the email seems to work the best. 
That's what we do for Synology. We go in and configure all the alerts we want to get and yeah. just have an email to our ticketing system. How many do you manage, Jason? Synology? Yeah. Mm, we don't use them a lot. Probably 30-ish, something yeah, like that. Yeah, that's about where we are. Yeah. And we're using CMS, and so RNAS manages all the other ones, which is okay. It's a little slow, um, but we like the security um, factor of it for our technicians that are managing it. And, you know, looking at the thing. So works pretty good. And I was telling Diana um, just the other day, their Microsoft 365 backup is just banging, man. I think it's really good. Yeah, that, that's that's pretty cool. They have it built in. Um, yeah. Usually, instead of doing a NAS, we'll do SharePoint as far as storage, you know, file shares and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Usually, for putting a Synology NAS in, it's some large amount of files or they need quick access or it's a backup device at that point. That's all I do is I, I make people take it as a backup device. I mean, it's very rarely used as a storage device for shared files. It's a disaster recovery device. Mm. Um, and if they're doing Microsoft or Google, you know, they get to do that. That ABB backup works really good. Um, I had been wanting, in fact, I'm going to talk again to Mike at Magnus Box about image backup to the Synology NAS because uh you know, we were for the longest time, we were using Windows 7 image backup to a NAS. And then that kind of got broken with like a, more than half of the Windows 10 machine. Sometimes it worked, sometimes it didn't. And we didn't know, of course, until you went and tried to restore something. I, but I would do that, ABB Tom. Backup works really good. I would do that. I do that with several, uh, do that with a couple of servers, but mostly workstations. Yeah. And it works just great. Um, are any of you guys using the Active Insight? Personology. I got some email the other day that like said, "Hey, you've been granted three free licenses and stuff," and I haven't had a chance to check it out. And I logged in for like three seconds. I was like, "They changed something apparently." So, uh, <laughs> what is it? So, Active Insight is kind of like a dashboard for Synologies, where you could have all of your hosts show up, and it's you know you can use it for just monitoring. It'll give you you know like the current performance, disk space. You can set it up for alerts. So that if for some reason it shuts down improperly, you'll get an alert for that. Um, if a user tries to log in with an incorrect password, you could get notified for that. Um, they've probably got about 50 notification features on there. So, you know, I've got it on my phone to where I can see my NASs in their current state. Um, and it was free. It was in beta for a while. They just started a uh, payment to where you have to pay for it. And it's actually pretty cheap. I think it's like $9 uh, per year per device. Uh, but they've added a whole bunch of stuff. So it's, I mean, it's kind of like your RMM for Synology. Cool. And you Check can active, and, active insight, active insight. And you can, from that dashboard, yeah. you can actually remote into your, your NAS from that dashboard. Kind of like quick connect or whatever. Yep. Uh huh. So cool. Good to know. It's pretty cool. Because sometimes on the CMS, did you guys use that? Yeah, what's the difference between the CMS and the Active Insight? That kind of sounds similar. Well, they sound redundant, right? Like the CMS is the central management system. That's where we can look at all the other NASs that are kind of. Right, but you're usually setting that up on your own NAS. Yes. And then you're managing other NASs from it. The Active Insight is just a web portal where you can do that. So you don't have to have a physical box yourself. Nice. I'm asking for I think that's what I was looking at the other day, but I, I didn't I didn't activate it, but 
That's yeah. what I was looking to see how I could get notifications. On so I will let the, the I will let the Synology folks know because they we have some podcasts that are kind of in limbo that I did with them, and we are supposed to be doing a live show with them soon. It was supposed to be a couple of months ago, but they have been swamped with stuff. So uh, they're going to be at the conference this week. So yeah, you guys yeah. can uh, talk to them. Um, but not the guys that will be on the podcast. And uh, he just reached out to me. So we should be scheduled here in a couple of weeks to get them on. And we'll do some deep dives into the Synology stuff. Cool. Yeah. I've been really happy with that product. It's been great. I, you know, I'm, I'm, get, I'm closing in on 40 of these things. And for me, my size business, my typical client, um, it's really a, I kind of make them take it if they're going to be under contract with us because it gives me that because none of mine are on Active Directory. Um, they're all like uh, standalone workstations. So I get this image backup as a disaster recovery thing. And plus it allows you to virtualize it. If the machine goes down, you can virtualize their machine in, yep. the, in the NAS. It's really, um, it works really well. Yeah. Pretty virtual, fast. Virtual like machine restore manager. Over, restore over a, over a wire, 20 minutes. Bare metal, 20 yep. minutes. So we're yep, we're doing that. Actually, the not for profit that I'm you know waiting for them to give me money out of their check. That's what we're going to do. We're putting in a I'm putting in one of the larger NASs, and we're going to run. Uh, I'm going to set up two storage pools, and storage pool one is going to be their virtual machine server, and then storage pool two will be their file system uh, that we're going to do encryption on, and then they're going to be doing. We're going to use their C2 cloud backup. That C2 works really good. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I use that. I mean, that's cheap. $79 for a terabyte. Yeah. Yeah. That's, I was doing iDrive. I think I told you guys this once before. So I liked iDrive because it was kind of unlimited, unlimited. I mean, it was one terabyte, then it was three, then it was five for $79 a year. And it sounds terrible, but it actually works. (laughs) I've had to restore. Unfortunately, you've had to restore a couple of times. Hopefully you don't have to do it much, but I've had to restore a couple of times and it's, it's always worked out pretty well. And the support's pretty good too, but uh, I do love, I've been, you know, moving people away from iDrive onto the C2 if they have a NAS and that's been a great transition. Well, C2, I mean, they're making a whole ecosystem of the C2, so we'll see how it goes, but they're doing, you know, the C2 backup, the C2 cloud, the C2 storage, C2 identity. I mean, it's a whole bunch of stuff they're doing. So We'll see that over the next time. I'll probably like explore bits and pieces over the next year or so. Do you use any of the backup products from or Able now? Sorry, wrong wrong company from before. Yeah, <laughs> I was going to say, were you two two companies ago? <laughs> Man, it's you get have it. You know, it's like we you still call it, call it GFI. We still <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. It took us forever to get the solar winds from GFI, and then it's like you know, tag on. Um, and then it's uh, we we used the document backup for a dollar. And yeah. we, have, we haven't looked at the Cove um, yeah. offering just yet. I mean, we've kind of looked at it. It's a little bit of a retooling of what that professional backup was, uh, but it's still pretty expensive. And that you pool, it's very complicated, I think, you know, trying to figure out the pricing, right? Yeah. It's like, <laughs> well, ours, ours uh, that's all we, that's our main backup is Cove backup. We do that for all of our servers, all of the workstation that needs a full backup. We were doing the document backup, but there were so many like alerts and errors that, that like ticket system blew up. And I was like, yeah, luck. it's not worth the effort. So, we got, rid of all the, right. yeah. so we, we got rid of all the alerts to her. 
our ticketing system saved us some headache. But um, as far as like the regular backup, it's uh, almost like a Dado NAS now. I mean, it, it backs up full metal image to the cloud over and over again. Uh, if you get the standalone version, you can say keep 180 days of daily backups and you know keep a year of retention. You're, you're able to set the retention. It doesn't cost really any more. And you can do the archiving and stuff like that. And then also your um, it has kind of a, you know, we can do a biweekly or monthly where the biweekly boots up the server and it does restore to a virtual machine in the cloud, boots up the server and sends you a screenshot and all that. And then um, we've been recently playing with the um, um, new thing. They have a standby image that you can stand, put an image on the uh, on the nerve machine somewhere and have it ready to go. Then uh, we've been trying out their Office 365 backup too. So it seems, seems to be working pretty well. So Try and restore something, man. It works really good. What's that? Try and restore something, uh, a contact or a, I was telling Diane, I had a problem. I was trying to restore. It was my fault. I made the mistake. I deleted a series of recurring appointments where certain versions of the recurrence had different notes in them. So I was able to, I was able to restore the recurring appointment, but the notes didn't come the individual notes. Um, but uh, I've done contacts, I've done mail, uh, and it's like wicked fast. Um, it's it's I'm really impressed with that product, especially for the price. You know, free. You know, nothing's ever good that's free, and that's actually really good. That's pretty cool. You're, you're, that's all in the Synology. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, we do the Google one. I sold a guy in NAS just to back up his Google, just for his mail and his calendar, his Google Drive. I'm like, your stuff's not backed up. I wrote a whole blog thing on it. I scared him, and he said, what do I do? And I'm like, uh, you got to buy a NAS. <laughs> so bought a NAS with the Google backup, and it works great. It, it it's really it works great. It's a good answer. Yeah. This- I'm going to take the puppies and leave. How many my children ready? Wait, 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 wait. How many puppies are there? Well, we have uh, Izzy, oh, who is almost two. Let's see that one. This one is Mabel. She's 11 weeks old. Oh, hey, Mabel. You looked young. That's the, the new yeah. addition. She's Mabel. actually the sister of Izzy. They're just different litters. They have the same mom and dad. Um, I got her from my sister, who has a farm uh, about an hour away. And so their puppy hat or their dogs have puppies. And how many did you? How many did you get, Jason? It's just the second, second one. Second, and last. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, I love dogs. Don't get me wrong, but it's like so, yeah. So you only have two then? Only yes, yes, and, and we'll only have two. Two <laughs> yeah. dogs, two children. You're good. You're doing good. Mabel yeah. goes to work with me every day and sleeps under my desk all day. Oh um, my god, a shop dog! I love it. I do have a shop dog. Everybody, oh. I have a baby gate in my doorway. That's and everybody funny. comes in and out and pets the dog and takes oh, her it's out. It's good for them. Oh my god, it's good for people. Absolutely. Your yeah. admin and uh, our other bookkeeper, she'll uh, uh, she'll look and steal the dog and take off with only play with her and bring her back. You know, so that's <laughs> that's great. But I will see all of you all this weekend. All right, yeah, Diva. Will. We will see you. Uh, see you, Diva. Diva. <laughs> Diva. <laughs> Yeah, Synology, I think they've got like 70 apps. Yeah, it's there's a lot. Because I was looking at that the other day, just 
you know, to try to familiarize myself with, because I only have one client that has a NAS and that's the one I would, they were, I have them on drop suite to back up their Microsoft 365. And so I was trying out the 365 backup on the Synology for them. So, so I've been running, so I've been running domotes on the Synology. And so I've been saving my boxes for clients that don't have that. Uh, I'm doing the backups, the active backup uh, for both servers and workstations I'm doing. Uh, set up a Synology surveillance station a couple of months ago. That's a big deal. Apparently there's a lot of people doing that. Yeah. So I've got That's 15, one of the bigger things they do. 15 yeah. cameras uh, running on the Synology station there. Yep. And uh, let's see, hyper backup file station, uh, mm-hmm. the directory server. Tom, you said you're, are you using the directory server in Synology? No, oh, you're not. No. So it's actually pretty cool. No, but we use file station and we use, um, we have, we do the C, the hyper backup because we, all of them have a USB backup yeah. uh, connected to it. And then um, the Google and Microsoft and the ABB, we call yep. it active backup for business. Yep. So I have two uh, offices running the directory services and that's been pretty good. I mean, it's not, obviously it's not full active directory, but you can still do the group stuff and shares and kind of manage that way. So for smaller clients, that works out just great. Uh, I'm going to be setting up in, see, at the end of the year, we're doing uh, two file server replacements with Synology NASes, and we're going to do the snapshot replication across the VPN to opposite sides of the state and see how that works. So have done that with one. We have a, a pharma, like a specialized pharmacy that make a cancer and nuclear radioactive injections to scan for cancer and heart blockages, but we have one at one location and here one about two and a half hours away, kind of back up across that way. They kind of have redundancy and works really well. Sinks well. Yeah. What do they call the, is it called the container the thing they do in, in, in Synology? Well, so they have, are you thinking of not the Plex servers, right? You're thinking of no, no. Uh, the doc, the, what is it? The docket Docker or something? Docker, the Docker. Yeah. Docker. So, I had one of my one of the techs that was working with us. We kept talking about that and like running things like SQL, running that in there, running maybe QuickBooks in there because you can't. Um, it's got to be on a Windows OS uh, QuickBooks. So I mean, that'd be great if you could figure that out. So they're running that in Docker because I would just do a virtual. No. I would just do a virtual machine and install a Windows license. And you could do that in a technology yeah. NAS. Yeah. yeah, there was a podcast. Um, when they're on, on your podcast, there was a guy talking about doing that. Yeah. I think you were that, in Spain. I would, t- <laughs> I would tell you that I might've been drunk then, but, <laughs> or walking, but the, the, uh, it, that is a big thing. I think if you, if yeah. you look at the, the instances of MSPs or hybrids that have customers running QuickBooks and what a nightmare that is because of the local machine issues. And being able to put it back on a server, I think on 2014 or something, QuickBooks, you you couldn't put it um, on a standalone stupid device. It had to be a device run in Windows. Yeah, well, so, it still does. It still needs to be. I mean, they prefer a server, but I've seen people yeah. doing it on Windows 10. Oh, absolutely. And uh, yeah, that's it. So that's all I'm going to do Um for this client, they've got QuickBooks and then they've got a database program. So we're going to install the server just for those, but it's Love going to be it. a virtual machine on a Synology NAS. 
Yeah. Didn't know you could do that. That's on my to-do list for somebody. You do that lady die and let me know how you make it out. Okay. <laughs> and then help us and then help us do the next one. Okay. So, but you're using kind of a much heavier duty, like Xeon processor rack. Mount yeah. Mount. Yeah. This is uh, yeah. the RS yeah. stations. Yeah. So yeah. this is the, um, so the lowest one I've, I've got running right now is the DS 1621 XS plus. That's big. It's not, well, it's not the biggest. It's the six bay station. Um, but I also loaded up with the, uh, M two memory. Um, and then, um, for this new client, I'm going to do SSD drives for their storage pool one. And then the other drives for their files and stuff would just be regular SATA drives. Not regular. <laughs> you guys use the Seagate Iron Wolfs or do you use the, the WD Red or what do you do? So I use WD Red Pro, Pro. as yeah. much as possible Pro. until the higher end machines now where they're saying it needs to be um, the Synology, the, the, the SA2H series or whatever. Yeah. Rebranded Hitachi drives. Yeah. No, That's what that you. is. So no, thank you. We've been doing all of those uh, Seagate Iron Wolf, the 7200 RPM. It's like the, the, the Red Pro. The Red Pro, right. But that's a Seagate version. We switched to those about a year ago. We were doing all the WD before that. I mean, we haven't had problems with either one of them. So you seem to just go and go and go. Did you get better pricing? On the Seagate, yeah. Not, it's you know not, not a ton better, but availability was was better okay that yeah that made sense a while back yeah let's see what else what let's just do a synology show here <laughs> yeah exactly it's a great product yeah. uh just looking through the rest of this stuff here see what else because i've done a lot of this stuff so snapshot replication surveillance station who's using something else i mean do you have like we did drobo we have a lot of like some of our mac Clients have Drobo. Do you guys know about that one? No. It's a NAS. It's a hot swap NAS, which is really neat. And it, you know, it can be RAID, I don't know, I guess you'd call it five. And they, um, you can hot swap the drives, different sizes, different types, SSD, spinners, big ones, little ones. Really, I mean, it's an expensive device, but it works really well. But it lives kind of in a Mac world. Okay. Now, I, I, I was going to look at the Unraid world or the True NAS world, and it was just too high of a learning curve for me. Not that it was too high, but it was too much work to get started. And I thought, you know what? I, I'm, I, I need to be able to get stuff where I can just get in, get it up, get it running, and know that I had support behind me. And in the Unraid and the True NAS, it was basically community-based. And I know that those are great uh, environments for some people, but for me in my business world, I, I can't do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we have a Unraid um, NAS. It's actually an old Dell server that we loaded uh, Unraid on and put a ton of hard drives in for storage. I think we got like twenty five terabytes or something. Just storage of you know backing up customer machine, restoring imaging, whatever. Uh, just general purpose in our office. Um, but it works really well and it's been rock solid for I don't know, three or four years now. But Learning curve on that is definitely a different thing. It's not that you can't do it, uh, but you still have to have hardware. You still have to have drives. It's kind of like Synology. That's my kind of opinion. It's yeah. an off-the-shelf product. Be done. Yeah. Um, you know, not that the Unraid. I mean, I like the interface. It works well. 
just I'd rather just have a Synology to be honest. Um, but I've got a client that's got a Buffalo uh, sure. right now that I'm looking to replace only because I haven't seen I have not seen a NAS that has as much flexibility as Synology with all the apps and all the things that you can do. I just haven't seen it. And so when I'm looking at this customer and we're talking about, well, we need to do this, we need to do that. I'm like, just do a Synology. Just, you know, stop trying to make other things work that don't work. Mm. Because Buffalo, as far as I'm concerned, is really, I don't want to say a dumb NAS, um, because it does have some of the features like DHCP, DNS. I mean, you can do some of that stuff, but it doesn't have the awesome backup stuff that Synology has. It doesn't have the active insight. Um, I mean, it's just so many things it's, that... Yeah, it just ends up being a data warehouse. Right. Yeah. yeah. Too, Synology seems to have a pretty good track record with constant updates and things like that, security I mean, first. When do yours go down? When do your Synologies go down? I can't remember replacing one. I, I did. I did... Um, it was February. Was it this year? Yeah, February this year. I had my first one fail. It was uh, the DS nine eighteen, and it was a just a glitch in that model that I found out that several would have where it would just start power cycling. Oh, and if it power cycled, if you were connected to a domain, it would lose the domain membership, and for me that was a problem, <laughs> and. Uh, because I would, you know, it would go down, come back up. They would, it was, just, it was only their archive drive, so it wasn't critical. But they had people that would go back into the archive and pull out files for, you know, if somebody called in and said, "Hey, I need to check a closed file," that's what it was for. Um, but it would just disconnect from the domain. I'd go in and I'd reset the DSM, reset the domain, and it would work for a few days, and then go again. And Synology was great. It was probably. Um, close to the end of its warranty and uh, no, it was past warranty, but they still repair, replaced it because it was a known issue. Hmm. That's good. Good to know. Yeah. The only one we've ever had the power supply went bad and I think it's 18, 15 plus I think phase uh, or six phase. I can't remember which one it was, but, uh, but it's um, either way it had power supply bad and called them up. They shipped a new one, uh, big deal. But uh, while we're talking about NAS, um, listen, security now today, and the, of course, QNAP's back in the uh, old security cycle bin. They've been beat up again. Another vulnerability with their NAS is getting ransomware over and over and over again. So, oh, boy. If that, that's probably the, I don't know, fourth or fifth one I've heard in the past year of vulnerability. So, you know, you, you talk about not, not trashing nobody if they use QNAP, but, uh, you know, at least uh, Synology seems to keep that stuff up to date. and. No problem. Uh, QNAP, according to the Security Now guy, he said um, one of the last issues is said that you, you know, if you had to expose the internet to access stuff, that their solution was we're not fixing our software. It's don't expose it to the internet. That's your problem. <laughs> so I'm like, what kind of a, uh, so that's not a NAS I'd want to sell. No, you know, it's, right? it, yeah. that's not a, not the way but, you should be in a, with a, you know, IoT device basically. So who, who was really using QNAP? I mean, you would see that and I haven't in a while, but. What industry or what vertical is using QNAP? I've seen people post in Facebook groups that they're using QNAP and stuff like that, you know, and it's just for like, what though? Just like basic stuff? Like they use the Synology for, I guess. Yeah. I mean, okay. I mean, I, I've seen people. I know maybe like, like photographers or 
know, dental offices or something. Somebody was using them kind of specifically. I, I don't know. I think it's just for anything. But I would okay. put it the was same. That Steve Gibson, you're talking about? On- yeah, yeah, security yeah. now. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, but it's all yeah, over look- the news. The uh, the deadbolt ransomware. Uh, yeah. It's all over the news. Six hundred and seventy four percent increase. Wow. They went from five thousand. NASA's, NASA, what's the plural of that? I don't know. NASA's. NASA's. That just sounds weird. But anyways, uh, I like NASA. But anyway, um, <laughs> so, uh, sounds like a ninja. I don't know. But either way, they said they went from 5,000 to 19,000 some in, in uh, like a week's time period of being ransomware. It's insane. But they're saying that uh, this ransomware is getting there because people haven't exposed to the internet. I don't know why you expose your NAS to the internet, but... Well, and even if you do, Synology has a security advisor that uh, you just run through the checklist and it'll tell you, close this hole, change your HTTPS, change the ports. I mean, they'll they'll tell you, you know. There's there's really no need to expose it to the Internet with all the apps and stuff. It connects, you know, through Synology's Quick Connect and all that stuff. You don't really have to expose it. Well, we're doing doing one project and and we've only done it one other time, but where people are VPNing in just to get Word documents and PDF documents and stuff. Are they using so, the uh, open VPN inside the yeah. Synology? Okay. That works really well. And we charge the customer for it. So that's the best part. <laughs> you should. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You have to manage it and set it up. Yeah, uh, why not use like the file? Was it called file station app or what's it called? Uh, actually yeah. But I mean, app. if they just want to be able to have a map drive on their, File Explorer, the way they the way they're always used to doing it. Don't change anything yeah. for me. I'm over forty. I don't like change. Well, I mean, unless you're talking about using, they have the Cloud Sync and what's the um, the Synology Drive Server. Can you do those over um, over the VPN or over the internet? No, I'm not doing it. Thankfully, Fernando's doing it. All right. Well, if it's Cloud Sync, they wouldn't have to VPN, would they? they could right. just no, that's the what VPN. I'm saying. But they have Cloud Sync, and then they have this other Synology Drive Server, which I, if I remember correctly, I'm, I'm trying to look here. I think it's just if you have the app, you don't need to VPN. It just populates right. the the files you need. I would think. Well, ask me in a week. Synology Drive, yeah. <laughs> File access via a web We're portal. We're installing it on Tuesday. I hope it goes well. <laughs> and it incorporates with Synology Drive ShareSync for synchronization across Synology NAS devices. So that seems like a, a very pretty robust uh, package too. So maybe we'll do a series and we'll just go through all of these apps and we'll just bring people on who have used them and play with there you them. Go. Do that because there's a ton. So all right, well, guys, we've uh, hung out here for more than an hour and. Uh, some people have to start packing, I hear. So yeah, should probably start wrapping this up. Uh, any major last-minute stuff tomorrow before you head out? Working full day. and um, So after work, I think I'm going to leave work like an hour early just to go hang out with the kids for a minute and then jump on a plane. Be up there around midnight. So. Now, are you, before midnight, you're flying out tomorrow? Yeah, yeah, we're flying out Thursday evening to, uh, see, originally I thought there was something on at 12 o'clock on Friday for the event, but I think they got yeah they got pushed to no, no, four p.m. Right. Yeah, yeah. So now it's at four. So we're trying to get. Up to, I mean, they changed work. it. Yes, I thought four there was at, something at one o'clock on Friday. The tabletop thing. No, starts at four. Four p.m. They moved it. 
Oh. Yeah, so uh, so All we right. planned on coming out Thursday night, so we're ready to be, you know, in the morning and 12.30, we'd be out there at the whatever event. And, you know, but now they moved that to four, so it's cool. We'll run around the city, hang out with people, whatever. But, I have to uh, pay you know. estimated taxes tomorrow. Anybody else? That's already done. It is September. Saying, my accountant left. I'm not sure. So. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. I'm just tying up loose ends and packing and. God, I got like, I have three surveys and, and a bunch of other stuff to do tomorrow. Three Wi-Fi so, surveys. Yeah. Well, two Wi-Fi and one AV. So it's great because we charge them for it. And then because sometimes we've gone out and, and done stuff and tell them what we're going to do and give them a proposal and everything. And then we hear, never hear back from them. So we started to do, we would charge them. And then if they did the job with us, we would apply that towards the job. And then I decided I didn't want to do that. I want to charge them for the survey and for the job. So that's what I'm doing. now. All right. People seem pretty uh, open to paying for basically a quote. Paying for an expert. Yep. (laughs) Paying for an expert. So. So you say AV. So that's like in a home. Yeah, audio, video. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, so sound and TVs and stuff. Mm-hmm. You can we do might, a, you we, can do AV had, anywhere, uh, Diana. We, a, uh, <laughs> we we just got a dealership with Skyview, which is outdoor TV company, and uh, we got our first TV today. So I go on the job, so I want to watch and see this thing, and it's DOA. First oh. one. Not dead, but sound, but no picture. Customers like all disappointed, you know, they wanted to watch football this weekend and like, it doesn't matter. You're a Jets fan. You're, you're like sucks anyways. <laughs> <laughs> but Joe Flacco's there. I know. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, fun stuff. All right. Well guys, let's go ahead and wrap up the live show here. We've got a few people that have hung out with us. Thank you guys very much for staying on. And for those listening, thank you you're for downloading and subscribing to the show. We'll be back after Chicago uh, with a wrap up. And if you are going, we'll see you Friday, 4 PM is when everything starts. And the uh, let's see, four o'clock is the early session. 630 is the evening welcome fellowship uh, that night. And then festivities all day, Saturday and Sunday and a kicker. One of the new things is going to be a swag contest. Paco and Rick will explain that there and uh, should be a very, very good conference. So we'll see you guys later, folks. Uh, Thank you. We're going to sign off and uh, you guys can stay on. We'll chat afterwards, but ending off the live show here. So have a good night, everyone. Holla. See you in Chicago.